0: Support for a Quick Timeout Podcast is brought to you by our friends at Dr. Dish Basketball. College and professional teams from around the country rely on Dr. Dish shooting machines to help improve their players' development. Whether it's in the gym or at home in your driveway, Dr. Dish will improve your basketball workouts. To find out more about how Dr. Dish can help your program, visit drdishbasketball.com. I'm Coach Tony Miller, and you're listening to a Quick Timeout Podcast. We have conversations with basketball coaches from around the country, focused on specific topics, designed simply to help grow the game. Welcome into a quick timeout podcast presented by Doctor Dish Basketball. I'm Tony Miller, and today we are privileged to have with us Coach Matt Driscoll, head men's basketball coach of the University of North Florida. Coach, thanks for hopping on the show.
1: It's awesome to be here, and I'm, I'm excited to share with you, and obviously. You know, when you've been doing this as long as I have, um, there's just so many different people that after a while, you know, what is it, six degrees of separation? Right. I think you and I are about two degrees of separation, maybe maybe even one.
0: Yeah. I <laughs> uh, think, like, like you said, the longer you're in at coaching, I think the it's like three degrees, down to like three degrees, everybody's separated. And
1: so, it's, cool. it, it's It's cool because it really allows us hmm. to pour into – it doesn't have to be young people. I would say people that are coming into the, you know, to coaching, um, whatever level that is. And the one thing I always disliked: my son is an assistant at Weber. I always disliked it when people that I either respected or, you know, thought of, you know, highly, would say to him at the Final Four, you know, coaching. Why would you ever want to do that? And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, golly, like. We got a pretty cool job. Now yeah. it might not like teaching, it might not pay at some you know levels and some steps steps as you go or whatnot, but the impact mm-hmm. in 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 how you can just be the difference in so many people. Mm-hmm. It's it's phenomenal.
0: Yeah, I'm not even to year 10 and already. We were talking beforehand about the number of weddings that you end up going to, and you see children born, and having players write back or just drop a note and say, "You know, thanks for investing in me" or whatever. It uh, it definitely is rewarding, and it's it's definitely worth it. So,
1: well, yeah. Dallas Moore's son is three, and he's the greatest player to ever play here, and he's the all-time leading scorer in Division One basketball in the state of Florida. Hmm. So Florida State, Florida, Miami, anybody—he's the all-time leader. And um, when his son came up to a game, I started thinking to myself, "Man, I wonder if I'm going to be around enough, you know, to, you know, that—that that would be good and bad. Hopefully, mm-hmm. I would have been younger when I started. But you know, just to coach to coach one of your former players' sons—that cool. would be that—that that would be cool. That, yeah. You talk about coming full circle, you know. But yeah. I don't know about no title you got that. Quick time out in me, those things don't go along well. I know wouldn't <laughs> when I do the wedding on Saturday, one thing I always start with is, you know, wouldn't always set up, be quick, but don't hurry. So, uh, <laughs> you might have a hard time understanding what I'm saying there during a wedding, but at the end of the day, these two are going to be married.
0: I mean, you just talked about kind of very quickly glossed over your path there to UNF. And, you know, I get the, I, I get the question all the time from coaches like, how do I get to, I'm a middle school coach or I'm a high school coach. Like what, what, what was your path to where
1: you are at right now? There's so many layers to it. And, and kind of what we shared with each other is it's the people the pumps, um, and I have like 20 different great stories that I could tell you, but the pumps retreat theme and their I don't, mantra or motto, whatever you want to call it. It was, it's all about relationships. That was their deal. And they would bring out all these, you know, people, whatever. And when I look back on it and I think about how, like when I was in, Managing McDonald's at age 20 and didn't have a college degree. Thought I was going to own six of them. Bobby Farrington walks through the front door and basically says, Coach, I need a job. Now, Bobby used to beat down on me in high school basketball. So you talk about, like, how does this whole thing work? Well, because of that relationship and us being players, but, not, but, but separate schools, separate towns, separate everything, I hire him because he needs a job. And I'm managing McDonald's, and what are you doing? Well, I just needed to hold me over till I'm going to this junior college. Well, I want to go back to school, and I can play. Well, you should come and play with us. And I got a gazillion stories about all that, but I do, and then end up going to that junior college. And the assistant coach on the junior college was one of the greatest players to play at this NAIA school in Pittsburgh that was defunct. And then when I got done playing, my JUCO coach, I said I want to go back to college. I mean, and finished my degree, and he said, here's what you need to do. If you want to be a teacher, we got to get you at a high school that is hiring. So go get a coaching job first, then get your degree, then they're going to hire you. Hmm. Well, guess what happened? Exactly what he said. (laughs) However, I bring up those other two points, my assistant coach. When I got the high school job, the coach was from the Northeast. And he said, we're going to team camp in Providence, 13 hours away on a bus. I thought, he well, he is nuts. And so we go to this team camp. Well, guess whose team camp it was? Rick Barnes. Who was his assistant? Larry Shiat. Who hired me at Wyoming? Larry Shiat. So that's how I met Larry Shiat. So if it wasn't for all those other things that took place, but it went back to how do you treat people? How do you act when no one's watching? Um, What does your heart and your values really pour out and show? Mm -hmm. And then conversely, I do all that, and that NAIA school comes back into fruition. They're going to start a basketball program back up. They built a $7 million gymnasium, and I'm a JV high school coach. Coach, you want to talk about – Well. I'm just this and I'm just that. And I'm just this and I'm just that. Okay. I'm a JV (laughs) assistant varsity basketball coach. That's who I am. I got no cred. I got no like plated pit. I got none of that. (laughs) Right. And my assistant coach in junior college said, Hey, like I'm one of the, I was on the best, one of the best teams ever there. And I know the AD well, and, And here's the kicker. The paper was on strike. So for whatever reason, I guess they really couldn't get it out there that this was transpiring. So long story short, I get the job. But the best part of the story is, now, by the way, I told you everything the JUCO coach told me to happen, happened. So I'm teaching fifth grade, and I'm coaching high school. And then I get the job. It's part-time. I mean, it's full-time hours and part-time, but I'm also a teacher all day. Mm -hmm. So I get the job, and 24 hours later, because my athletic director called me and said, my high school athletic director, and said, like, I don't know what you're doing. Like, I got you this teaching job. We got you this coaching job. Like, what are you doing? So the kind of person I am, I didn't really understand all that. I'm like holy cow like like uh, like so i called the ad back and i'm like listen i i can't take the job so the next day i go into my principal and i said hey gloria yada 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 she goes matthew understand something now understand i was a fifth grade male teacher probably like 85 percent of my kids i was the first male they ever had so it has like 67 divorced uh, school so obviously that was a big deal and I said to her she said to me I could care less what you do after 3 30 all I know is between 8 and 3 30 you better handle this classroom you better teach these young people and you better pour into them as a male role model and I'm like you didn't hire me because I can coach high school basketball at the JV level
0: <laughs>
1: that's what I was thinking because that's what he made me think So I wrote her a letter back when you used to write letters. And I said, "Um, listen, I made a huge mistake. I, I should have done whatever, Um, yada, yada, yada. So that was August. In the meantime, now I'm upset. So I go to the AD and I resign because I'm, I'm upset. And now I don't have a job. So, My junior college coach says, hey, Slippery Rock, where I got my degree from, like their dude, Mike Wilson, just went to Penn State. He ends up going to the Wizards later and yada, yada, yada. They got an opening. He only pays like $1,500. I said, I don't care. So I end up getting that job. I come home in October, and my light is blinking on the message machine. This was the only year, if you remember – When NCAA basketball didn't start on October 15th, it started on November 1st. So it was like October 20-ish, somewhere in there. My light's blinking. So I hit the button. It says, "Um, this is Lynn Tubman from LaRoche College. If you would please give me a call, I'd like to talk to you about the men's basketball situation. What, What is that? So what happened was when I took the job and then um, whatever you call that, didn't take it, and then she, she hired somebody, you got to recruit for a whole year and you didn't have to play any games. And then the year that I'm talking about is when you started to practice and play games. So this guy was there for a whole year. And um, I knew who they hired, but I really didn't know. I can't remember. Anyways, he quit. Literally just walked in and quit. So she said, Hey, would you whatever? And I called Coach Barlett, and he was like, Absolutely. Like, you gotta do it. So that's it. That's how I got the job. And there's and there's a whole bunch of good stories with that too. But that's how I got the job. And then the relationship with Shy from Providence from going to team camp. He'd come to Pittsburgh, Metro Index, five star, come recruiting so we carried on a relationship then they went to clemson if you remember so then i used to be a coach at laroche so i was a fifth grade teacher division three basketball head coach newly married son getting my master's and at slippery rock which is an hour away from pittsburgh so, it is what it is. I mean, it's just you know, and making forty eight hundred bucks coaching. And I don't even know why I was making teaching thirty five whatever. <laughs> and so when coach would come, I'd hang out with him, and then I would work camp at Clemson. So that's, you know, Dennis Felton offered me a job, and I took, and that's another great story for another day and and then rick barnes and 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 so all that kind of stuff. So then, Shai took the Marshall job, and the AD at Marshall told him, you're going to go meet with the president tomorrow, but I want to let you know I'm leaving because I'm taking the job at Wyoming.
0: Hmm.
1: Well, Shy was like, you know, I'm, I kind of was going to go with him, you know. So, Shy doesn't take the job and goes back to Clemson. Well, the AD that went to Wyoming, they got rid of Joby Wright, and then he hired Larry Shiatt. Hmm. So I got Taekwondo going on outside in our gymnasium. And I got the concession stand going, trying to make, usually made about 1200 bucks for the program and the phone rings and they just lost to Minnesota in the sweet 16 or whatever it was. And, you know, so, you know, I, I go to Wyoming and then that, AD, fast forward to 2009, becomes the AD at the University of North Florida. Larry Shiat was in Florida, won two national championships, but he knew something was going down in Wyoming, and he always wanted to go back to Wyoming. So he turns this job – they interviewed like four of us or five. I was one of them. And because of what was going on at Baylor, and we had such an incredible turnaround – yeah, you know, obviously I was forty-five, I think, and Shy doesn't take it. They offer, and he calls me and says, "They're going to offer you the job, and you don't need to see it. Just mm-hmm. take the job." <laughs> so that's how I got to to North Florida. And there's a whole bunch of great stories in between with getting to Baylor and Coach Druid Baylor and and um, the Pumps Retreat.
0: Coach, really quickly, let me tell you about a brand new app called Wildcard. It's a social engagement platform specifically designed for youth sports teams. You, your players, their parents, people are going to love this thing. The app allows you to create virtual training programs, manage schedules, give player and game reports, and post player videos and highlights. I've checked out the platform and I highly recommend you give Wildcard a look. Especially in this climate, with a lot of us having limited or even no contact with our players, Wildcard allows you to stay connected and build culture with your players through the use of technology. Right now, there's a special promotion for a quick timeout listeners. You can download and use the app for free, but you must do so within the first two weeks of the release of this episode. So check the link in the show notes to download and start using Wildcard with your team today. You're going to love it. So going back with like with your time with Coach Shiat and being an ass- assistant coach how did that prepare you for being a head coach at North Florida?
1: You know, I think it's going to vary from, from place to place. I think um, depending on the person that you're working with and the comfortability that they have, mainly in their own skin, um, I, I think is it's, it's probably more apropos than anything else because we all want to put strengths around us that we don't have. Mm-hmm um that also echo the same values that we have obviously and um you know working for coach you know it's wide open like there was nothing you couldn't do nothing you weren't allowed to do suggestions you could give all the time like I can remember um when we played um New Mexico and and the assistants kind of brought up a box and one and they were like 10th in the country, I think. And we beat them at home. And then we were at Clemson. Carolina was number one in the country. And um, we were their first of four straight, what they later called Black Sundays, um, um, where we upset them. Um, And we played a triangle in two um, and just said to coach, I think this might be our best way to beat them. Um, Yada, yada, yada. So I, I think one thing Coach Drew always told me was, it's nice to know that, as i was walking out the door um in 09 that you know you weren't a yes man it wasn't like you just you know agreed on everything and and i and i think i learned from my dad my dad taught me whatever you do your last name's on it mm. so like for instance in in my opinion when i was managing mcdonald's even before that i was a crew person in 19 like no one had cleaner bathrooms in pittsburgh than me um it's just, it's just, I mean, if that's what I was supposed to do, then that's what I was going to do. And as an assistant, I think the one thing that we have to quit, I don't even know how prevalent this is anymore. Cause it's not, I've been here for 12 years and it's not, it would never be prevalent in our program, um, but it's almost like, you know, cats urinating and, you know, you can't, you know, you, they're marking their territory or whatever they call that. Um, I just, I think when you're, selfless and, and and you understand that it's 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 about us and 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 we're all you know coach evans has a saying you know bubblicious for everybody like so when you make your players as great as they can be well you win so it's, you know everybody's joyous. you know um guys are getting jobs guys are getting maybe higher level assistant jobs guys are getting to play overseas you know get contract extensions whatever it is so um um i learned from coach um the importance of surrounding yourself with the right people. Coach Kennan always says, show me your friends. I'll show me your future. And, but guys that also too can speak. Um, And so I I learned that from coach. And then when I got with coach Drew, I learned so much about recruiting and the relentlessness of it. And the, um, um, the ability to don't be afraid to take, a lot of talent in one place. Now you can't take five point guards, obviously, mm-hmm. but what we've done, our niche we found is we got a whole bunch of six, seven, six, eight dudes that can play two through five. If you want to put a number on it, but Carter in a pinch was six, one in ninth grade. Like he can move over and play the lead guard. If he had to, he can facilitate a ball screen. He can facilitate an offense. Um, so, Lace Darius Dunn was the one. He was the all-time leading scorer in Big 12 history until so Buddy Hill just broke it recently. He was the guy that I thought was a mistake, that we shouldn't do it. And I told Coach, this is a mistake. Like we shouldn't do this. And here's here's why I think it's a mistake. Not because of me. Mm-hmm. It's because the locker room, the guys we've poured into, the commitments we've made. Like these dudes started our program. And he's like, Risk, trust me, and I'm like coach. It has nothing to do with me. I trust you. I'm just trying to make sure you understand what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. And then, stairs came off the bench every game, averaged 14 a game, and bada bing, bada boom. And then fast forward as a head coach. So I don't want Wajid Amino. Mm-hmm. I thought he was awful in the summer. I thought he was terrible, terrible. I thought he lost his passion. I thought he was terrible. Now I didn't watch him like watch him. I was watching Thomas Dezagua who went to Oklahoma State. I, I we poured into him and I really thought you know it was us and Stephen F Austin Brad Underwood was there and we were kind of all kind of trancing with him and all of a sudden like a you know an Oklahoma State or you know one of those guys would pop around and you're like, what are they doing So I stayed with him because I spent so much time with him but he was on that Adidas circuit. And Wajid was, you know, two courts over. And I didn't think it was very good. And we got back from recruiting, and I'm like, they're like, what about I'm like, nah, nope. And all four assistants said, coach, you're wrong. And I said, okay, well, if it's four to one, something's not right. If it's three to two, I'm going to have to make the decision. So I said, okay, bring them to a league camp. Get him to a league camp, and we'll see. And we had, for some reason, well, God, we had some incredible dudes. Guy went to Temple. Guy went to Florida. We just had some incredible dudes that year. And he was a monster. And so I hugged him and told him much I love him and um, love for him to be a part of us. And then fast forward, all-time block, all-time rebounding, 1,000-plus playing professionally, got his degree, came in as a 17-year-old because his mother had to sign the paper that I could – because she was leaving the country. Could have run for president of the student. I mean, you talk about a – dude. but my point is, to your question, I learned that you have to make the decision because you're in the seat. So at the end of the day, it's your decision, no matter what happens. But have some – information have some purpose have some why um as an assistant when you bring things to the table and and then the other thing i learned from coach i too i kind of knew this on the front end because i was kind of ocd anyways but like be prepared for the uncertainty or the the question that might be asked like yeah coach it's you know whatever it's this or It's this, or he's this, or they did this 20 times. And they were, they only, well, did they, you know, think about what he would ask you. And, you know, and that's the other thing too. The greatest thing, like people were like, well, restricted earnings and you can't do, you can't recruit and you can't do this and you can't do that. Let me tell you what you could do, basketball. You worked out the dudes, you ran practices a lot, you ran small group stuff when it was, it was allowed back then you were basketball, dude, you were the basketball dude. So, you know, who cares? Like when they, like they, um, my peers voted me, um, eighth or ninth, I don't know, best assistant in the country. Mm -hmm. And and the only reason I'm mentioning this is because my peers voted it. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like it was some thought I paid for. And they called me and said, hey, um, we're going to put this out. Tell me who you recruited. And I said, nobody. You go back and Google it and find it. Go back and Google it and you can find the list of top 25. And underneath mine, it, it it's either blank or it says like <laughs> NA. And then it's funny, you fast forward. Andy Katz wrote an article. It was 2009. It was Sean Miller, John Calipari, Tony Bennett, Ken Bone, who's been fired, and me. We were like the five home run hires of the season, whatever. And Andy Katz calls me and said, hey, Drisk, I'm struggling doing this when I write about you because nobody says you can recruit. (laughs) And I said, it's true. That's a true statement. Like at Clemson and at Baylor, Coach Drew was a monster, but like Lace Darius Dunn loved Paul Mills, and mm-hmm. Paul Mills was the director of basketball operations. It was never on the road, so we do everything as families. Because he was like, "Did you? Were you the lead guy on Tweety McDonald's All American? Were you the lead guy on Curtis Charles? Were you the lead guy on Lace Darius Dunn, Kevin Rogers?" I'm like, "No, no, 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 no." But. But that's the way it was. Um, you know, I did keep Quincy AC lukewarm. Mm. Um, how about that? That that's the mm. assignment I got. <laughs> I, I was given the the task. So Quincy was gonna go, you don't may not know this, but Quincy was gonna go to Hargrave. Mm. So coach was like, hey, keep him lukewarm because Quincy was a baby, he was a puppy. Um, I think he's like, wajid well, I did, I think he just turned 17 hmm. and he was going to go to Hargrave and then the next year. So coach is like, you know, you keep them warm, get me on the phone every once in a while with them, you know, yada, yada, yada. And then one day he just made a couple comments to me and I'm like, Hey coach, um, you might want to get a little bit more deeper involved in this. Cause I think, um, that's how it started. Huh. And we got Quincy Acey. crazy. That's
0: great. Uh, So I'm going to limit you to one one piece of advice for maybe even like your younger self or for somebody who is looking to make what you just described similar to their own personal path. Would it be the relationships piece or do you have something else?
1: You know, I, I get this question a lot. Like, you know, what would you tell your younger self? And I struggle with that. I really do. I mean, Mercy Me song's pretty good. <laughs> you read some of these guys' notes, you know, they're they're pretty good. I think back and where I really f- failed, coach, is I failed as a husband. Carrie and I were just talking about this the other day, and she was telling me a story about, and I had no recollection of it. Did I said that? Did I? did that. And it, and it, it wasn't physical or it wasn't verbal. and It wasn't anything like that. Mm -hmm. It was just that, that I wasn't available for her because it was August. She said it was in August and obviously, you know, we're just getting ready to whatever. So I, I, I would say, and if you go back and you read what coach drew wrote about me in that article, he talked about this, about balance because I had really gotten better when I got the Baylor. As a matter of fact, coach credits me on some things that he does now taking his kids to school and, you know, little things like that. But I think for young people looking back, if I could tell myself something, you know, do a better job with Carrie. Mm -hmm. And she loves me and she knows I love her. Mm -hmm. And we've done a lot of this together. And what I mean is at LaRoche, for four years. She was the cheerleading coach. Well, I was the head coach. Mm-hmm. And then we got the job at Wyoming and one of the assistants who got fired, his wife was a cheerleading coach. <laughs> so I told the AD, Oh, my wife will do that. <laughs> so I called her and I say, by the way, so she was a cheerleading coach for Wyoming while we were there for that short time. <laughs> and nice. then she actually was the cheerleading coach here too, but now she works in academia for athletics and is, has worked there for, gosh, I think maybe six years or seven years or something like that. So we've done we've done this together, which is, you know, really cool. But, Coach, I, I would really ask people to, you know, take a step back. and Yeah, and, and the other thing, too, is a head coach, I wish – I'm going to tell you two things. I haven't said this – and I've never said this on anyone's podcast. So this is the first time. Two things, and I want to do this nationally – and I've been wanting to do this for almost two years because it happened to my son and it put him in a horrible place that you never want your children to be in, in a decision that is harmful. And, um, I wish head coaches would be more outspoken to their staff about leave and go with your family. You know, I'm guys get out of here. Got, you know, don't, don't come in on Fridays. I'll cover the office and the season's over, you know, just whatever. Um, and then the second thing is this. I wish the media, media broadcasters, sport broadcasters, and everyone would quit using the word bully. I wish they'd quit saying he's a bully. He needs to bully. He just bullied his way. Play bully ball. You know, I wish we'd get rid of that word. Because every time I hear it, I think about my son. And I know no one's ever said this publicly. I've never heard anybody say this publicly. But Coach Evans, my assistant, he uses the word bulldozer. You know, the guy's like a bulldozer. That's a pretty good description. And I don't think he did it because of me. But it's a pretty cool description. But – When I hear that word bully and when other people are watching TV that are just novices, who knows how they react Mm -hmm. when they hear that word? Because I don't know about if you know anybody that's been bullied Mm -hmm. and if they've ever done anything or, you know, somebody who's someone in their family has done something to themselves. Mm -hmm. And I speak at orientation every year, except this past year because of the pandemic. And I give my cell phone number out to all the freshmen. And I talk about that, about how words can hurt and how you're away from your family and you're trying to fit in or you're trying to whatever, and you're saying things, but you really don't know. And you really need to understand if it's true, kind and necessary and what we're putting out there. And I talk about my son Mm -hmm. and you would be And then I make everybody text me. And then I, I respond to every text and it's just a go Osprey's, you know, whatever, but I'll probably get four to five, I think one year, maybe 10 people that said, coach, I know what you're talking about. Coach, I've been there. Coach, someone in my family's been there. Um, coach, don't, don't blame yourself. It's not your fault. How would you know, you know, and I'm thinking, you know, cause you don't see the sign maybe or whatever, but I wish announcers would quit using that word mm. bully. Mm. And I wish they would change it to something else. Mm. Bulldozer is fine. Um, but I would say like do a better job with your, with your spouse. And I know everybody says your children mm-hmm. and you know, my son played for me and um one of the saddest days of my life was at thanksgiving his first year and we're going around the room what we're thankful for and he's like i'm, I'm thankful for being here with my dad because this doesn't happen very you know it doesn't happen very often mm-hmm. you know and and i'm sitting there and i'm you know i'm i'm saying to myself like holy cow you know what i mean like what are what we do like what am i doing
0: mm-hmm.
1: but he also understood, you know, and then once he graduated, he even understood more like, you know, Dad, I, I get it a little bit more now. You know, why you were, you know, because you think about this, in our in our profession, almost every major holiday is taken. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you can even start with Halloween. Mm-hmm. You know how many times you maybe whacked out with your kids on Halloween because of something that, that was going on. Mm-hmm you got halloween then you got thanksgiving then you got christmas then you got new year's then you got a valentine day which isn't a holiday but nonetheless it's whatever it is mm-hmm. and then easter is usually the final four mm-hmm. so in our profession like it's it's different so i don't know if i answered your question
0: no that was great i, I haven't had yeah. anybody say that but in the the family component has always been something that is uh, factored into my decisions about things. And there's so many young people that are getting into the profession before they have a family and they don't necessarily see old, you don't know what you don't know. And they don't know the amount of time that it's going to take. And I don't know the stat, but you know, the divorce rates among coaches and, you know, even what you said with the children and, and ignoring the children. And you ask most coaches, why are you in it? And it's to make an impact on young people's lives. And we've got young people in our own home that we're not giving the due respect to while we're saying that we're trying to impact people. It just, it doesn't match up. So I'm glad you said that. So
1: Well said, you know, coach Tang and I, he had a young person born. His daughter was born, um, our first year at Baylor. And, um, you, you, I mean, you, you, you can understand it cause you're in the profession, but you can't understand it cause you didn't go through that, that what we went through. And those were long, long nights, but we would go home have dinner. I would read to the boys. I could tell you this. Like it was yesterday. I would lay in bed with them until they fell asleep. I'd hold their, my one son loved me to hold his ankle for some reason. <laughs> And I would hold his ankle and I would fall asleep before they would. Okay. And then eventually I would either wake up or, you know, Carrie might come in and I can't remember, but then I'd go to the office, you know, and then you'd stay there till, you know, whatever two, and then be home and then whatever age they were, whatever, you know, if you were taking them to school or, or whatever it was, mm-hmm. but even, you know, to do stuff like that. It, and nowadays, and I think what the, you know, it's, this is an interesting topic because, you know, with the pandemic and everything that's happened, you wonder now: can coaches, can head coaches, allow their assistants to even have a better presence at home mm-hmm. now that we can Zoom and 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 yada 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 yada? Because mm-hmm. before, you know, then in the early two thousands, I guess they had laptops. I'm not positive. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't even remember if I did or not. Mm-hmm. I guess. I guess I probably, I probably did. I don't remember, but we had desktops and we were locked in yeah. desktops. Yeah. But now we all got laptops that have a a video where mm-hmm. um, you know, like a bigger page.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And now our laptop is our desktop, mm-hmm. so all of our information is with us all the time now. Mm-hmm. So, I, I that's that's a great, you know, you bring up a great point that hopefully you can you can get this thing to ripple out there that Mm -hmm. maybe maybe family time, children time, wife time, all this stuff can become more prevalent Mm -hmm. because you don't have to come back. Mm
0: -hmm. And I think too, I'm not at anywhere near your level, but the making a priority of, like you said, with your wife, but I've tried to even do with my children is to integrate them into what I'm doing. Absolutely, Because even talking about like the young men, I, I think bringing my kids around practice allows them to be able to, impact my children and my children to impact, you know, for them to be able to see young people and how a family should interact. And I'm hoping that I'm, I'm doing that. But, you know, I, yeah. I think it needs to be more of like we rather than me, the coach. It's we, our coach's family no doubt, a- impacting. And, and like you said, too, I, I still think our game is historically, this is how it's always been, or this is how my coach has done it, and so I'm going to do it this way, and I don't think it's any different in recruiting. We have to be at every weekend's AAU so that we don't miss out, or we have to be always, and I don't, I don't think that that needs to continue to that extent because of technology, and you just talked about it before. It really isn't about just going and seeing kids. It's about actually building relationships with no them. And if you can do that through technology and a Zoom, I can do that better one-on-one with a kid than sitting in the stands and him just seeing that I was there at that game. So it is going to be very interesting going forward to see how the last 12 months impacts our sport beyond what just happens on the court.
1: And as a white male, you know, I just think about all the international kids we've had, hmm. all the black players that we've had, um, kids that have come from various – economic backgrounds black white or foreign um and you know and and now my children for you know my son's 25 the other one's 22 you know they were ball boys and mm-hmm. and around the offices and around um the coaches children and and so like now seeing them as young young men um you're like wow oh, this this is a pretty neat um, what do you call that uh, a benefit mm-hmm. this is like a neat benefit you didn't you didn't realize you were getting uh, mm-hmm. like you know like insurance or the dentist or classes or whatever like you didn't know you was getting this benefit
0: mm-hmm.
1: because like one of my like coach Evans and, and my youngest son like like those guys really struck up a relationship and so you know now like they were just on the phone before about something else and my son's like hey coach how's your family doing you know, and here's a 22 year old kid in college, you know, there's not too many 22 year old kids would ask about someone's family. Um, And his young boys looked up to my young boys because my young boys were older. So his are now uh, 16 and, and 13. And so, you know, they see you know, this is what Paxton did. This is what Chase did. This is what this and it, so you're hundred percent, right. That, that's the part that's so cool in our profession that, you know, but there's some head coaches that don't like children come around though. No, you know what I mean. Yeah. So and 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 that's either here or there. You you know, do what you want to do, but mm-hmm. but man, that's a that's a heck of a great benefit to have, like you mm-hmm. said. You know, your wives can come around or or your significant other, mm-hmm. whatever um uh, that is. And to me, it's I don't know. It's that's, that's a great point. Mm-hmm.
0: That'll do it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you again at the next time out.